What's up, guys and gals? This is Rick Martinez, host of the No Soliciting Experience, asker of questions, maker of memes, knocker of doors. Gosh, that was cheesy, but you know it's not cheesy? The podcast. My goal is to talk to top performers in the door-to-door industry and even those who have left the industry. People who have done super dope things and continuously doing dope things. Again, in the industry or out of the industry. So, guys, I'm super excited to bring on this next guest. So, without further ado, let's get into it. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle pay the price, wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Alright guys, welcome back to the No Soliciting Experience. I'm here with a super dope dude, Mr. Danny Pessy. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Hello, hello. Sorry to have No Soliciting Bruh podcast. Hell yeah, hell yeah dude. So Danny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Cool guys, what's up, man? I'm sure you've seen me. I'm posting some of Rick's stuff. Uh, my name's Danny Pessy. I've been in the security industry door to door for 12 years. Started off back in 08 with Platinum Protection. Um, was one of the top reps there before they went out of business. Uh, then went from Platinum Protection to Pinnacle Security. Um, that was in 2012 with the whole DevCon thing. And uh, was the top rep at Pinnacle that year. Uh, did over 350 personal accounts. Managed a 2,400 account office and was their national sales trainer at Pinnacle or went under. Pinnacle went out of business and then uh, went over to the big Vivint and uh, <clears throat> worked at Vivint for about eight years since 2012. Um, averaged uh, between 250, 300 deals a year um, and it was great. Had a great experience. Managed a couple teams there every single year that I went out and um, yeah, so definitely have had a good history of door-to-door. It's been, uh, been a lot of fun. So did that and initially I started uh, started getting this job because uh, I was doing theater in Hollywood because I'm from LA and so mm-hmm. I was in Hollywood doing performances and I needed extra cash and so my buddy gave me this op- told me about this that I could do it during the summer and uh, kind of freaking took it for a career since then. Dope, dope, yeah. Guys, this guy is legit one of the leaders in the industry, somebody who I personally look up to and one of the funniest dudes that I know. But as you may know, there is no orange in this background because we're not at Vivint. Where are we at, dude? So we are in Rancho Cucamonga, California. And um, some of you guys may know, if you follow me along, um, I worked with Vivint for eight years. It was an amazing experience. Um, they, I saw them from being a, uh, a company owned by Golden Gate Capital or Golden, Goldman Sachs um, to being sold to Blackstone and then being sold on the public stock market. And after they went public, I transitioned to a company called Titanium Security. Uh, it's a, <coughs> a regional uh, security company based out of SoCal. The owner, Josh Sutherland, good friend of mine, um, he set a record for doing 118 alarm deals in one week, which is pretty crazy. Sam Tagger did, a, did an interview with him, and uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. So uh, I've known Josh for about 10 years, and we've talked over the years about his program, and you know, I always wanted to see it through to the end with Vivint, and you know, essentially, as soon as they went public, I, I knew my time was come. My mm-hmm. time was done there, and 
Uh, I transitioned over here and now I'm pretty much one of the VPs taking control of a lot of the program and we've, uh, we've been scaling quite a bit so it's been really really exciting to put myself into a position where you know the sky's the limit with growth and opportunity and that was uh, it was a hard hard thing for me to do for sure. Yeah but, I, I imagine I mean going eight years at a company and now making the switch like I mean for you what what was your what was your process to like make that kind of decision like that that big of a change? So number one, it started with <clears throat> I'm not the kind of guy to shop around, mm -hmm. and so um, I never left a company willingly in my 12 years. Mm -hmm. Platinum went out of business, mm -hmm. Pinnacle went out of business. Mm -hmm. So there was always other opportunities, but I kept my head down and I focused on myself first. Mm -hmm. So that's why you know you, you don't hear stories of me or you know some of the best reps going out and getting big deals and screwing people over. It's about putting your head down and becoming the best version of yourself rather than going to a new company and doing that. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, essentially, I, I gave Vivint the benefit of the doubt, and, and what ended up happening was over the last few years at Vivint, um, some things started changing, um, mm -hmm. and, and it's for the best betterment of Vivint. Mm -hmm. And so um, it went from being door-to-door -door sales focused to a little bit more corporate. Mm -hmm. And we started noticing things got a little out of favor mm -hmm. from the door-to-door uh, -door sales side, because what ended up happening was is door-to-door <clears throat> -door used to run Vivint, and then they had their call center selling mm -hmm. deals, and over the years, Vivint door-to-door -door would do a majority of the accounts and then slowly it started switching to where their phone sales are actually getting the majority of their production. Wow. So it's called NIS and NIS was getting a majority of the deals and so when that ends up happening their creation cost on an account is way substantially lower yeah. than it is door-to-door. -door. So when that stuff starts happening they start getting stricter sales rules and eventually the guys are almost obsolete. Mm -hmm. Now Vivint they're not going anywhere they're phenomenal it's a great experience I have nothing bad to say about them it's just the direction they're going yeah. isn't prone towards uh, as much as it was when I first started with them in door-to-door. -door. So for me I had to look at the big picture as the majority of my income comes from my personal sales and so the hard part is is if the credit requirements if qualifications if like points and stuff like that are getting to the point where it's almost too difficult to get a deal it ends up costing me more money than I mm -hmm. get from having the brand yeah so for me it just came down to okay majority of my customers is I get off of sales if the credit requirements are harder then I end up selling less and less and less mm -hmm. and then you know you end up not making as much as you thought you would exactly so for me then recruiting um, <clears throat> I had, I had a good amount of teams. So I just found that some of the lower end reps on the totem pole weren't getting paid what was originally negotiated upon and we're starting to find you know different ways for the guys at the top making more money than paying the guys at the bottom which I understand and it's, it's business and if mm -hmm. I ran a big company like that where would you pull money from? You can't take it from the vet so mm -hmm. they go to the bottom of the food chain and so I understand and it makes sense why they would do that because if the door-to-door -door channel mm -hmm. is shrinking that means their margins are getting smaller so they have to pull from somewhere to maintain yeah. the same income so it's nothing it's not a bad program it's just that's what happens when it gets big mm -hmm. and so you know that's just something for me I had to think about that is alright my, my lower-end rookies are getting paid less so now if I want to scale and make big money I have to make sure my rookies make good money but if they're getting less pay it was just like dude I'm gonna spend all this time and make anywhere between 50 to 100 bucks an override it just wasn't worth it anymore. yeah exactly so I mean it just makes sense I mean it just I feel like the time and the effort I mean it's just I mean, it, it comes down to almost like an, an, an emotional strain mm -hmm. right um, guys I've, I've I've been watching Pessy we've, we've gone back and forth like the, the person that you are the type of leader that you are you you care about your people yeah right and I mean it makes sense like ultimately that that's too much of an emotional strain on you so it's time for the switch right yeah. so with 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 your leadership aspect and how you lead right mm -hmm. 
Um, what what are you excited for here at Titanium? Well, that's the, the cool part about with Titanium and, and what really sold me on it. Because I met with all the owners of the other companies, mm -hmm. so I did my research. Um, and there was a couple different variables. And the biggest thing that I looked at was being able to get sales in. So as you know, we're in, we're in the business of getting sales. And so whatever company that could allow me to kind of have a bigger range of what accounts that I could onboard, because when you sell volume, I'm, I'm what's known as a volume seller, so mm -hmm. I do big numbers. Um, it, what's important for me to do is I have to look at, hey, where can I acquire more customers? And so if, if I'm able to get anywhere from fail credits to mid credits to lower higher end credits, that's going to correlate to having more sales and more sales are going to be in bigger momentum which means bigger days mm -hmm. which if the leader has higher days and selling big numbers that directly correlates to the office yeah because the speed of the leader is the speed of the team mm -hmm. so if you want to run big teams you have to be able to throw in big numbers and so with a big com with with a smaller company the creation cost is a lot lower mm -hmm. so if i'm able to put in fail credits mid credits whatever there's not eight people taking out of my commission mm -hmm. so i'm able to afford to put in those type of accounts. And if they stick, who cares? If they don't stick, then, hey, I lost 100, 200 bucks on equipment. Mm -hmm. But if they do stick, hey, they keep paying monthly. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was more of where can I put in a large amount of volume and where can my recruits come where they can put in a large amount of volume mm -hmm. and then I could actually grow within that organization. And if the guys leave, hey, that leads me into what the other thing that sold me on the company is, mm -hmm. is with Titanium, they in-house their customers. Mm -hmm. So with a lot of business models is, they're not really, uh, they're, they're middlemen. And so what happens is they sell the account and then they sell it to a third party company, they get their commission, they're done with it. So for me, I love the business model of home security because it's residual based. So every month we continually to get checks coming in from our customers rather than getting one big commission and we're being done with it. Mm -hmm. So with our model, what I enjoyed about it is, is um, for the guys that are managing teams, there's an option to own equity in the accounts. Mm -hmm. So essentially, as my, cut, my, cut, my sales reps go out and put on accounts and they grow their book of business, they get to either buy into their accounts or if they leave, I get to keep the equity in the accounts. Mm -hmm. Or if I recruit a team of college kids, they go get paid their money, they don't want to come back next year, cool, I got 50 accounts that are paying me, you know, 50 bucks a month. Yeah. So that's one of the things that was like, okay, that's appealing for me to recruit. Yeah. So it ends up being a way more enticing um, incentive for me to go out and recruit is if I can keep monthly payments coming in. Mm -hmm. So for me, if I would have done the math on what I would have earned compared to selling my business off, I, I over the years I made a lot of people a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm to the point where, hey, I want to keep these customers. I want to collect the monthly payments because mm -hmm. I'm going to do this for a career. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just being selling and being done. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I really enjoyed about working with Vivint is, hey, there's a long-term play. Company's going to sell off. I'm mm -hmm. going to help build it. Mm -hmm. And then when it sold off, boom, hey, I had my time. It was exciting. It was cool to be a part of the company grow. Mm -hmm. I love my time there. I love all my Vivint peeps. Um, it just for me, my time was just, it was done. And yeah. so now I'm on to the next one where I can get a little bit more of the pie when the company sells. Yeah, exactly. Guys, I, I think, I think the, the biggest thing to highlight here is you, you didn't leave because you, it was on bad terms. You left to grow who you are as a person. Yeah. And I feel like that, that's the biggest issue in this industry, mm -hmm. right? I, I had this conversation with Ian Wendt, right? This, this, this industry is very jump ship. As, as soon as one little inconvenience hits, you're done, yeah. right? I mean, talk about like loyalty, right? Actually building one, your brand, your company, which, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about in a little bit, but you're building yourself, right? And as you build yourself, you start attracting people who want to work with you, right? Mm -hmm. 
And that, dude, it, it, it speaks volume, right? Like, of, of all the people in the industry, like, there's very few people who I'd be like, all right, I'm working with them. Yeah. You're on top of that list, right? Appreciate it. And it's, it's just because of that same thing. You've, you've grown who you are to attract the people that want to grow with you. Yep. Right? And in this time, going back, you've, you've grown your business, your personal brand. Yeah. Pessy Security, right? Yep. How many times have I, have, have I seen the hashtag... Pessy special, Pessy special, <laughs> and it's yep. it's seriously one of the funniest things, guys. And I've I've told this to everybody. For the longest time, I thought you owned your own company. Yeah. I thought you were your own alarm company. And I'm like, who, who the hell names their company Pessy? Like like what a stupid Pessy. name. What a stupid. <laughs> one one misprint, they're going to jail. <laughs> yeah. But with that, but with that, dude, I, it wasn't until like a, like I think it was a year after falling. You're like, oh, he works for Vivint. Yeah. So why the hell is he? Why the hell is he posting like Pessy Security, Pessy Special? Yeah. That's that's you growing your personal brand. Yeah. How how important is growing your personal brand now? Oh yeah. Big time. So um, great question. So for me, um, I always knew that if if. My, what I can't control is the direction of the company. What I can control is the direction of my destiny. So for me, I always had a feeling that um, you know Vivint might went the way that was going mm -hmm. because that's what's best for Vivint. That wasn't what was best for me. Mm -hmm. And I understand why Vivint is doing what they're doing and paying what they're paying because that's what's best for them. Mm -hmm. But I understand that I provided my business a service to Vivint. Mm -hmm. And so I always knew that, hey, if anything happens and I get x or something like that happens, I could still keep the brand that I built. So for me, I never really talked much about Vivint. Of course, I gave them my business, but if for any chance I ever would have left, I still have who I was and who I created. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was able to set up a brand within myself and within the company. And the, the hard part was is with Vivint, they were all about, hey, this has to be Vivint. We don't like having anything else. Hashtag only Vivint. And for me, I, I didn't necessarily agree with that because we are branding ourselves within a company, but to lose your identity of who you are to follow under one is kind of like one of those groups you hear about on the internet. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like, I always wanted to be an individual and mm -hmm. I didn't like bowing down and like succumbing to something else to try to fit in or mm -hmm. like, you know, be, I, I always was more interested in like what I was able to create. At the end of the day, it's like, you know, you can either, either help build something or that you can build it on your own. And so for me, I was always more prone towards building who I am as an individual. And so that if that ever happened where the company was to go in a different direction, like what it did, mm -hmm. hey, here's my following, here's my people. And yeah. now I just changed the name to who I'm selling my business to. Exactly. So with now, the reason why that's important for every guy that's watching this that's branding themselves is, is I can't tell you over my 12 years of doing one thing and being consistent and not jumping around and looking like an idiot to your friends and followings, when they think home security, guess who they call? Every single person from my high school, every person from my hometown, everyone that I've grown up with knows when it comes to security, they call me. They move to this city, they move to that city. Hey Dan, I'm growing up, or I finally bought my own house, I need a security system. Who do you think they call? So that's the thing is I, I've branded myself that now I get 20% of my deals every single year from referrals mm -hmm. and they fall in your lap because I've built that presence and I've built that professionalism of knowing what the hell I talk about. And the thing is, is what a lot of guys don't realize is <clears throat> like when I'm being silly and being stupid online, that's for a reason. Mm -hmm. it's, to, it's, it's branding and creating who I am as a persona online, but I know exactly what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. it's, a business it's a business tactic. 
So this way, the better way you can reach and captivate audiences, you know, you, that way you can pull them in and bring them into your business. Mm -hmm. So what, what happens on, you know, my Instagram stuff like that, that's all, I, that's intentional. Mm -hmm. And so then when it comes down to my business, you can't sell three, two, three hundred accounts every year for ten years not knowing what the hell you're doing. Yeah. And so now thinking about that is, is that is, has attracted me to certain individuals that have actually come up and asked me to come out and work with me. Mm -hmm. I don't ever post, hey, come work for me. Mm -hmm. But I have tons of people that hit me up. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm amazing or anything, but it's because I brand myself. So if you're watching this at home, you have to think like that. There's people that want to get into work that are watching you from afar or might dig your vibe, but if they don't see who you are as an individual, they're not going to reach out to you. So you have to put design your recruiting campaign to be somebody that attracts people. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my biggest thing is, is number one, my reputation is the most important. Yeah. And how you get a good reputation is you don't do shady stuff, you don't sign bad business, mm -hmm. and then you don't screw reps over. And for me, my biggest thing is making sure all my reps are taken care of. I, uh, one of the hardest things that I had to do last year is a majority of my reps, I had like five or six at Vivint that um, didn't even get paid a back end, and I had to pay out of my own pocket to take mm -hmm. care of a couple of my guys. And for me, that was, that was hard, and I asked my guys to help chip in, but nobody was willing to do anything, and that's mm -hmm. kind of when I knew my time was done because the rookies are your business, mm -hmm. and if you don't take care of your people, then they can't come back and work for you again, so it's like you had to start all over. So <clears throat> that's why it's super important to make sure you take care of your people yeah. and, and show them, like, hey, dude, you're not just somebody that works for me. Like, we're, we're friends, we're brotherhood. Like, we're, we don't know how long our path together is going to be, but when it's done, I want to leave you better than I found you. Yeah. And over the 12 years, I've learned some of the coolest stuff in the world mm -hmm. in, in terms of door-to-door. -door. Like, I've learned from some of the best guys that have ever done it. There was a wave, before a lot of you guys got into this, there was the first wave of door-to-door -door salesmen that just started back in the early 2000s and 2005, and I was catching right towards the end of their career, and some of these guys were the best door-to-door -door salesmen of all time. Now a lot of them have phased out, mm -hmm. either started their own company, but some of those tips and techniques that I learned from those guys, people have never even heard of these days mm -hmm. that are still effective. Mm -hmm. And so then you got a new wave of guys that are coming in. So I've seen multiple waves. I've been through multiple companies mm -hmm. that went out of business, uh, Platinum, Pinnacle. So I got to learn from different avenues. And now that with this whole social media thing and door-to-door -door con going on, I'm able to meet other people from different channels and grow it. So that's been really, really exciting. And, you know, unfortunately, Sam and I, we didn't really start developing door-to-door -door con until I think it was three years ago. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, we should have done it sooner, but yeah, I mean, ideally getting able to grow everybody together and get these secrets out there was, was it was freaking awesome because I, I learned it the hard way. And mm -hmm. now that's why, like, I get people hitting me up all the time asking for pointers. Dude, I give out advice freely. Yeah. I love teaching the next generation. Yeah. And so, you know, that's my biggest thing. If you ever have questions selling or anything like that, dude, I'm always chatting back with people that hit me up. So that's just my way. I just think of like the Kobe mama mentality type of thing is giving back because. Dude, I, the person that I've become through this job has been, been, been my biggest reward. Yeah, I made great money. I made a couple million bucks, but mm -hmm. dude, I spent it all. Yeah, mm -hmm. it sucks. But what I don't spend, you know, what, but what sticks with me is how I've helped other people create income. Yeah. And my biggest accomplishment of my career is I've helped like I think ten people make six figures. So for some people, obviously, there's a lot more. But for me, mm -hmm. like that, that was really important. And so you know, that was my biggest win that I've taken away from it. So. There you go. Just the just the law of uh, re reciprocation. Yep. You just give out freely. Yep. And it's true. I mean, it's 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 crazy. It's it's crazy to think that all it takes is to just give 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 without expecting anything in return. And when you least expect it, all that shit's gonna come back. Yeah. Tenfold. Yep. And and for me, I've 
given, I've received quite a bit yeah. over the years. And so in my mindset, like I'm obligated to give it back. Mm -hmm. It's like, cause a lot of these guys from years ago that are gone, their knowledge still is within me. Mm -hmm. So I feel I do, I gotta give it back because bro, those guys didn't help, those guys didn't make money on me, but they trained me mm -hmm. and they helped me get better to the point where I'm at now. It's like, dude, time to freaking help everybody else grow as the best I can. And some guys will want to come with me and dig my vibe and some people won't have, won't want to do it, but hey, doesn't matter. Like I know what I'm trying to do and what I'm accomplishing. and. Like for me, that's that's what's the most important part, and why my career is where it's at is because I know where I'm going, and I wanted to bring as many people along as I can, whether they work directly for me or I help them, give them a technique or a one-liner that helps them make money, and then they increase their income, and that money goes and takes care of their family. Like, you know, that's 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 how I think, and how can I add as much value? How can I bring separate companies together, and how can I bring the door-to-door -door nation together to be able to work together and you know sell multiple products, which is Something that, you know, I think we need to talk to these guys a little bit about. Yeah, definitely. Guys, um, one, there, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Can't talk about all of it. But there's one thing, if, if you guys have been following Danny here for a little bit, um, what I thought started off as like an actual April Fool's joke was when you had, had that one thing going on, right, with, uh, with Legacy. Yeah. Um, I'm like, yeah, right, there's no way he'll do it. But what you were doing is you were going in just working, just normal, slinging alarm deals like it's no one's business and then you were also upselling them on solar yep selling multiple multiple services yeah why so um the biggest thing is i want to you got to innovate and so what i learned one big thing i learned from vivant is consistently innovate how you deliver product and service so for me i was like okay well i i'd worked california for years and some of the areas i would go to i'd see my customers get solar and i'm like damn, that could have been me. And so what I started thinking was, is back in 2016, Vivint and Vivint Solar partnered up to run a program, and it was me and Eli Robertson up in Bakersfield running the Vivint Solar, I think it was like Vivint Plus or something, mm -hmm. program, and we were testing it out through the whole country. It was me and Eli, and we were testing it out. So what we were doing is, is we were having solar guys follow us around, closing solar deals, so Vivint customers got Vivint Solar. And then eventually politics got involved and they shut down the program. But one thing I realized, it worked. Mm -hmm. And I tried to recreate it, but with Vivint, if it's not coming from the top, they, didn't, they cut it down really quick. So now that I came over here, I was like, dude, why don't we try that? So essentially we started getting a, a legacy guys to follow me around. And I said, hey, wait in this area. I'm going to get two or three deals today. Um, and you're going to come in. You're not going to say anything. You're going to sit down and you're going to start pitching solar. And I'm not even going to tell them what you're doing. So what we do is, is I'd sell the deal. Um, hey, ma'am, uh... Who's your utility provider? Edison? Oh, okay, cool. Do you have one of your power bills? We work with a partner that actually, if you qualify for the program, they can save you a little bit of money on your utility bill. So they'd grab the bill, my technician's installing the system, I'd hand it over. And then I'd go, okay, cool, boom. And then those guys would come in, start pitching. And slowly what started off happening was, is, you know, two, three, four of these deals, they started buying it. And then eventually installs happen, I started seeing checks. I'm like, dude, holy crap. So the stuff actually started painting out. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I developed a whole, um, whole department that's contacting customers and getting sales reps to follow us around for solar and go out and close. And so what I found was is Legacy has a nationwide presence in all the markets. So if you guys are going out to sell a product this summer, if you're not adding home security and you're not adding solar on it, you're losing money. And I know all the perfect people, because you don't want to just get some random solar guy. You want to go with a company that's trusted, that mm -hmm. takes care of their people. Doug Robinson and Luke Toon over at Legacy are my old regional managers from Pinnacle Security. And they were my manager at Vivint too as well. And then when they went and started Legacy, huge fan. And so 
Um, every year I would mess with them on April Fools that I'm going to go work for Legacy, but then this year it came to a part where I could actually do it. Yeah. And so um, essentially wherever I was at, I, I'd find solar guys to follow us around and I'd worked for three or four companies before that, but those guys all screwed me over and didn't pay. Mm -hmm. And then finally got to Legacy and boom, I'm like, these guys are great. So now if you're going to a market, uh, that somewhere in the, mar in, the, in the area, hit me up, hit me up on Instagram. I'll find you guys someone that can follow you around and they give you a rip off the solar. You don't have to pitch it. You don't have to close it. You don't have to take away from your business. I have the model. I have the structure. It works great. Mm -hmm. And right now, we're, I think we have like, f I did out of my 76 preseason I did in two months, three months, I think 15 or 20 of them are getting solar. So, I mean, you do the math on that, you know, you, I'm probably going to make, you know, hundred grand just passing off solar and I never even pitch it once this year. So it's 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 about innovating, innovating. Yeah. But it's, it's about it's about being smart. I mean, I and I feel like we're we're coming to an age, and I'm pretty sure I talked with you about it. But I, I know for a fact I talked to Coda about it. Okay. Is I feel like the door to door industry is behind on the times. Yeah. Right now is where you need to get ahead of that curve. And that's exactly what you're doing. Multiple services, like, and then you have like. A, you have Lee Haight, uh, Taylor McCarthy, right? That are doing yep. roofs. So if you're doing if you're doing solar, why not why not do a roof as well? Partner up with the partner up with, with a roofing company, yep. right? Just start adding multiple services to it. There's so much money being left on the table, and and it comes down to a simple realization of walking down an old area, walking past your old customers, and you see oh, they got solar put up, or my solar customers like oh they have an alarm sign in the front, oh. They're again, their their bugs taken care of by so by X company, right? That could have been you, but I feel like the industry is just so close-minded on this. is This is what I do. I only sell pest control accounts. I only sell alarm accounts. I only do solar. I only do this. Yep. Start thinking outside the box and start innovating. And like like Danny said, if if, if you need somebody, in whatever market you're in, let them know. If and if and if he can't hit me up, right? There's there's definitely people in our networks we can hit up that can help you guys out. And, and, and what I found is, is you don't, it's not this, hey, what do you want? It's you sell them your product. And then after you're done, if you notice they already have a service like security, pest control, or they don't have solar, hey, by the way, I have a guy. You should talk to him. Because the biggest thing is, is they trust you, so they're going to trust the person that you send. That's why it's so important that you work with a reputable company. There's a guy in San Antonio that I know that used to work for me that um, I used to send him deals and then he ripped me off and stole a bunch of money. Now I will never work with that guy again. And if you work in San Antonio and you're, you're looking into solar options and you want to be, be I'm not going to mention his name, but message me, I'll make sure that you guys stay away from him because he, he's, he's stolen a lot of money. Um, but you got to be careful with the guys that you partner with. So it's not this, it's, mm -hmm. hey, I got a guy. And if you can get that guy in the area and working closely with mm -hmm. you, there's so many people that'll take a less rip on their deal as long as you team up leads. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So if you're in there selling pest control, you notice they have an ADT or you notice they have Vivint. Hey, I got a guy who does security. He could probably give you a better deal. We're partners with them too as well. Like, do you care if I give him your number? And then boom, get over the info, start calling. And that's how you do it. And then if you start scaling that out and you get these people following you around, you're double dipping, making money, and it's, it's the best. Yeah, so, exactly. You know that's that's how it started, and it's been it's been working great. It doesn't detract you because mm -hmm. you're not selling it; you're handing it off, and you're building credibility. Now the cool part is, if it's preseason, and you're not doing a lot of volume because it gets dark at four o'clock, then sell it yourself. Mm -hmm. But if it's summertime and you're cranking it, boom, you want to sell it and be done and pass it off. You want to know just enough information on the product that you're selling, 
and then the, the, there's just enough information in the project that you're referring so that you get a customer interested. So I got a guy that does water heaters, I got a guy that does solar, I got a guy that does pest control, and then I also got a guy that does direct TV. Those are great. Dish, fantastic. You got to be well versed because then you pass those guys off, you make income. Everybody wants to make money on the internet. Secondary source of incomes, passive incomes. Hey, guess what? All your friends sell other products. Why don't use them as your secondary source of income? I've probably made in the last two to three years almost $50,000 just passing off deals. I did 64 direct TV deals back in the day. I'm um, in 2016 uh, back at Excite. And then, um, you know, Solar's trickled in over the years. Dish, I've done a couple deals with them. So it's just it's about realizing where you're at and, cap and capitalizing on it. There you go. So with that, I mean, summer's coming up. I mean, most of us have gotten our start dates. Um, some states are a little bit slower to start up. But regardless, the world, the nation is in a very tricky, tricky, tricky situation, right? So any, any, any tips, any advice for everybody going out this summer? Yeah. So, so guys, um, door knocker nation, understand that <clears throat> when these type of epidemics happen, where you can't work for three or four months, this was out of your control. Realize that what is in control is how much effort and how much um, work you're going to put into your doors this summer. And so if anything like this happens and where you're taken off of the doors, if you didn't have money saved up, that's your fault because you didn't work hard enough during the summer. And so what I challenge you guys is, is learn from this last two, two, three months of whatever quarantine that, hey, you never know when your ability to work can be taken from you. So take full advantage of it. Realize you are in such an amazing position because you're able to be in front of customers every single day talking about your product and service and persuading and convincing them to buy your product in exchange for your commission. And guess what? There's a lot of people who are out of work for three or four months that they're not going to be able to financially recover because of this. I know a guy right now who's in Oklahoma that sells tigers. He's never going to financially recover from this. Never going to financially never. recover from it. So that's what I tell you guys is, is take this opportunity seriously. Don't let an epidemic like this happen to you because guess what? This could happen again. So if you're not giving it 110% effort out there every single day, you're not going to be able to take care of your family members because you might be good with money, but guess what? Your mom, your dad, your brother, your kids, somebody's going to get sick and somebody's going to need your help. And if you don't go out there and give it 110, 120% effort every single day, when it's hot, it sucks, someone's going to look to you and you're going to have to tell them no. And for me, that terrified me because when I was 14 years, uh, when I was in 2014, my dad got into a terrible car crash and he runs a, a mechanic shop and his shop almost went out of business. He didn't have any money left into his account because he was in the hospital for two or three months. And so what I was able to do is, is I had my back end got paid. I was able to fully fund the company for another two or three months. And so if I hadn't worked hard and dedicated, I wouldn't have been able to put in, I think it was like $20,000 into his account, and his business would have been out of business. And guess what? Six years later, my dad's semi-retired. He has a guy running the shop, and his, all of his bills are paid. The company's flourishing. And mm -hmm. if I hadn't gone out there and worked my ass off before his accident, his shop would have been gone, and I'd have had to then support my dad. And so for me, I think about that every time that I don't want to go out and work, who's counting on me? Who's depending on me? And so I never want to be in a position where if I have a family member who's hurt and struggling, I can't help them financially. So remember that when you're going out this summer, guys, like there's a lot of people who are in spots that cannot recover from this, from this economic downfall. And with us, within one week, we can make enough money to, to get back on our feet. Two weeks, we can catch up. Three weeks, be set. And if you keep attacking the marketplace with that enthusiasm, you're never going to be put in a situation where if you can't knock for three months, you're stressing for money. 
And that's what I tell you guys is, is you're very, very fortunate that we can pick up and work because there's a lot of places right now where businesses are going out, custom companies are going to be going out of business. We've never seen anything like this, but we have what we can't see is our direct future and how much effort we put into what we're trying to accomplish. And so that's why it's so important for you guys to take these next few months seriously because you never know what's going to happen. If another wave happens or whatever, go out there and bust your ass off so that you're not sitting in a situation where you don't have money to take care of your family. So that's, that's, that's what I would tell guys is just take it serious, double dip, find ways to get secondary sources of income from your current clientele, current customer base, and then um, once you guys do start getting some money, invest into online stuff. Yeah. O online, like, hopefully some of you guys have learned how to like figure out how to do online ads and sell over the internet. I think that's a great tool to have in addition to what you guys are currently doing. So dumping a bunch of money into that once you get it, great way to figure it out. So that's what I'd highly recommend. And if you guys need any connections on, you know, people selling different products, hit me up. I pretty much know everybody from everywhere that can get you a good service. So, man, I, I wish you guys the best this summer. Be proud of what you do. Door to door is an honorable trade. And be proud that you can go out there and take care of your family, take care of your friends. And uh, feel free to connect with me, Pessy Security. Bang, bang. Dope. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Successful street nigga touching them first meals. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all 